Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. And I'm excited to bring the word to you tonight. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be uh, picking up where Pastor Bobby left off talking about the shield of faith. Hopefully you have your syllabus. If not, uh, you, can, you can take notes on your phone, take notes in a notepad. But I love here at Riverside that we have these uh, syllabus that we can take notes in. And uh, just we're going to get to the scripture in just a moment. But just, again, I always want to take a moment and just say how thankful I am. I am to be able to share the word of God with you, uh, to be able to share with our church. If you don't know me, my name is Alex Suber, and uh, just so honored to be a part of what God is doing here at Riverside, and uh, so growing so much, just me personally, since we've been here about the past six months or so, have grown so much, and uh, one thing I realize is that whenever I'm getting ready to, to preach, to teach at Riverside, I kind of get a little nervous, and it, that, I always get a little nervous, but I, I think I get a little bit more nervous, and I was like, why do I feel that way? And I realize I think it's one reason is because y'all know me, right? It's like we're, we're friends. Some of us work together. And so I can't really like fake it. Not saying that I would fake it somewhere else, but just saying I can't really fake it here. You know, it's like y'all going to call me out on that. Uh, I got my family here. But then I also realize that here at Riverside, it's one of the things that I'm so thankful for to be able to sit and receive. Come on, how many of y'all know we get some good word here at Riverside? We get some good teaching, some good preaching, all of our pastors uh, and, you know, I've heard people say, you know, some, some sermons are like Skittles, some sermons are like steaks. And here at Riverside, we get the steak. Uh, Paul told Timothy, he said, preach the word. And we get the word here at Riverside. We don't get just an opinion. We don't get just a bunch of little things that sound good. But we get the word that's going to sustain us, that's going to carry us through. And so uh, I'm honored to be a part of, of those that share the word. And so just so thankful for for that, thankful for our pastors. Ephesians chapter 6, if you're there, say amen. Come on, we're going to go old school tonight. All right, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 through 16. We've read this several times. Hopefully you're getting it throughout this semester. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. Actually, let's go ahead and stand. I almost forgot that. Let's go ahead and stand. I was testing y'all. Nobody stood up. That was a test. Y'all were going to sit lazy. No, I'm just... That was, that was the spirit of Pastor Bobby coming on me there. <laughs> Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Somebody say, when is the time of evil? I don't know. Look around. Sounds like we might be in it right now. Resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news or the gospel so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. I want you to circle or highlight, hold up the shield of faith. Don't just take it. Don't just look at it. Don't just think about it. Hold it up. One more scripture, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that he promised. He is faithful. I want to speak to you from this idea tonight. Hold fast faith. 
Hold fast faith. Look at somebody real quick and just tell them, say, hold fast. Hold fast. Three of you are like, I don't even know what that means. We're gonna get there in just a moment. Let's pray one more time and bless God's word. Dear Lord, thank you that you are in this place. Your word says where two or three are gathered together, you are there in the midst of them. So we thank you that you are here. Now open our hearts to receive, Lord. Open our minds to comprehend. Open our ears to hear, Lord. Your servants are here. Speak to us, Lord. Your servants are listening. And in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give God one more shout of praise as you're having a seat. Give somebody a high five. Tell them they're smelling good today. Tell them they're looking good. Anybody enjoying summer? Anybody enjoying the summer? It's hot, it's hot. I heard somebody say, it's hot. Um, how many of you are pool people? Anybody like going to the pool? How many of you are like, you, you like to go to the beach? Anybody like to go to the beach? So, anybody, you're like, I just stay in my house because it's free. That's what I, that's what I do. Come on. Um, I, I love going to the water, any, any type of, of water. Um, I grew up, we had a, a swimming pool when I was growing up at our house, which was amazing. Uh, but doing a lot on lakes and in rivers and, and nasty ponds. And, and when I was in high school in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, we had this place called Black Bayou. And it was black, called Black Bayou because the water was black. And for some reason, that was the swimming spot. Everybody's like, you want to go to Black Bayou? And you came out, and they could tell you had been at Black Bayou because that's what the, the water looked like. So I, I love going to any kind of water. And one of the things that's fun to do, maybe you've done this before. Um, anybody been tubing before? Come on, you've been tubing on a, with like a ski boat, a jet boat. I, I'm not talking about floating down the river tubing. I'm talking about tubing where the person in the boat is trying to kill you. Like they are trying to commit attempted murder and trying to kill you. Uh, that was my experience when I was younger. Uh, we would go out to Lake Travis outside of Austin, and I had some cousins, but all my cousins growing up were girls. And so the closest thing that I got to a, a boy cousin or an older cousin was their boyfriends. And for some reason, because I was the only boy in the entire family at that time, the, boy, the boyfriends kind of thought it was my, their idea, their job to, like, toughen me up, to, like, test me out, uh, a.k.a., like, try to kill me. And so I, I had a lot of proving to do. And so I'm eight, nine, ten years old, and we're going tubing. And one of my cousin's boyfriends, which they did not last, I'll just put it that way, he was a little aggressive, and uh, he thought he was something. I'm, I'm just going to leave that right there. I don't want to get too, too detailed. Um, but he, we went out on this ski boat, and I was young, but it felt like we were going 100 miles an hour in this ski boat. And then if you've ever been tubing, you know this trick where if you cut the, the wheel real tight, the tube will fly past the boat, and then the cord gets tight, and the tube stops, but you don't stop, if you get what I'm saying. And so this was his strategy. He would go like around and around and create these waves, and then he would just take off, and, and he would go so fast, as fast as he could, and I'm just, I want to get a hold of you. I'm literally crying, and you know when you're on a tube, they say, hey, just yell out to us, slow down, and we'll, we'll slow down. You can't hear me. You know, I'm 100 feet away. There's the motor. There's all this stuff, and even if he could hear me, he just, he wasn't going to stop. He just, he was, he was trying to hurt me that day, and so I'm holding on, and what I realized was is, is the best strategy is to just not fall off the tube. 
Like, I'm not really trying to prove myself right now. I just know if I fall off the tube, it's going to hurt. And so I'd rather just stay on the tube as long as possible. Uh, but then you get these things where they start whipping you around, and it's pulling your arms. And I think my shoulder's going to pop out of socket. And I think, like, my, my leg went this way, and the other leg went this way. And it's, it's a dangerous situation. And they go and go. And the, the hope is, is that if I'm going to hold on long enough that he's going to get tired of whipping me around, one of the other people are going to want to go on the tube and then I can stand up with my nine-year-old self and look him in the eye and be like, that's right, you didn't throw me off. That's right. That didn't happen, but that was what I was hoping is if I can just hold on long enough. And I, I think there's probably many of us in this room, I know I've been going through some things where it feels like you're being whipped around in life right now. Just like that boat was whipping me around, just like I was going through the wake and I, I would hit the wake and it would, it would launch me up in the air and then I'd slam back down on the water. Maybe you've been feeling like you're going up and down. You're going all around in life. You've been going under the water and then you're gasping for air, trying to get above the water. You're feeling like you're being whipped around and you're like, if I can just hold on, if I can just hold on. And I, I think this is kind of a, a human way of thinking. We just feel like if I can just grip my teeth, if I can just hold on, if I can white knuckle it, if I can make it through this, but it's actually a biblical principle. I think it's so interesting that many of the things that people teach as these life principles and as this, you know, kind of pop psychology or, 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 or life coaching actually can come back to the Bible because truth is truth. Whether you say it's from God or not, God is the author of truth. God is the creator of the world. And so there are principles that are true, whether you know it's from the Bible or not. And so I, I want to talk about this idea of holding on, holding on to our faith. And just to kind of give you a little recap, if you weren't here on Sunday, we're talking about the shield of faith. And go back and watch it on YouTube, listen on our app. But Paul is talking about this military armor, and uh, Pastor Bobby showed us the shield that Paul kind of would have been referring to, and it's about two and a half feet wide by about four, four and a half feet tall. And the whole point of this shield is that you can stand behind it, and if you crouch down a little bit, this shield will cover your entire body. And so as long as these soldiers had their shield, it could protect them from any attack. And then when they got together with other people, for us, aka other believers, not only did it protect them in the front, but they would have a 360 and even on their top shield wall to where they could get together as a unit and nothing could happen, whether it was from behind or from above or from the left or from the right. That's why we gotta get together with other believers. There's this thinking that I can do it all by myself. It's just me and God. And yes, I'm glad that you have a personal relationship with God, but here's the thing, newsflash, you don't know everything that's happening. We all have blind spots. We all have weaknesses. We all have times where we don't feel like praying, where we don't feel like confessing, where we don't. And so we need other people that can surround us, put their shield around us, protect us, and then we can do the same for them when they're feeling down. And so this shield can protect you from these fiery arrows. And Paul, again, goes back and he's talking about the fiery arrows of the devil, not the fiery arrows that come from uh, another army or another uh, group of people that are attacking us. It's not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. And so Pastor Bobby asked this, this, you know, are we operating out of our flesh or out of faith? Our, 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 he, he said this, faith can push you forward, but it also shields you from being pushed back. 
a shield protects us from being pushed back where maybe you've made it so far in your relationship with Jesus, but you feel like you're being pushed back a little bit. Are you holding up that shield? And then the last thing that he kind of said, and then we're gonna dive into some new things tonight, or, or not some new things, but think new things that I'm gonna pull out from the word of God, where he said that faith makes us bold, where so many of us, we are waiting for the enemy to attack us, but some of us need to go on the offense. We need to say, no, we've got boldness. We're gonna step out. And I think the way he said it in the service I was, he said, I'm gonna punch the devil first. I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit him first. And so we have to have this shield of faith. But I wanna, I wanna kind of take it back for a moment and even talk about what is faith. Because a lot of times, especially if you, you know, you're from the South, most of us are, are from America or North America at least, when we think of faith, we really make that synonymous with Christianity or with religion. And, and Hebrews chapter 11 tells us this, that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Now, I heard that all growing up, and I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> Come on, faith, it's the substance of things. With the substance, what do you mean it's the substance? I don't understand. Sub, when I think of substance, I think of something else. I don't think of something holy. I think of something else. It's the evidence of things. How do I have evidence when I haven't even seen it? So this is kind of what my definition. For those of you that, you know, I know there's some people in here that are smart. I know we have Dr. Al here. We got people in here with PhDs and Dr. This and, and MA this and all this, you know, all these different doctors. All I am, I like Dr. Pepper. That's the closest thing I got to a doctor. Okay, so this is how I put it. Faith is believing God and acting on it. Faith is believing what God says and actually acting like you believe it. It's, it's reading your Bible and saying, okay, if God says that I can be healed, I'm gonna say that I can be healed and then I'm actually gonna act like it. If God says that he can provide for me, I'm gonna say that he's my provider and then I'm actually gonna act on it. If God says that he can cover all my sins, if he can cover all my shame, I'm gonna confess it, I'm gonna believe it, but then I'm gonna live my life like it's actually true. I'm gonna live my life according to the truth because a lot of people, they, they say things, they say, oh, this is my faith, but do they actually live it? Do they actually walk in it? So yes, it's believing God, but then it's actually shaping your life around that belief. That's why the Bible says that without uh, faith without works is dead. And I think a lot of people get in this whole thing of, are we saved by our works? Are we saved by our faith? Yeah, we're saved by, by faith through grace. That's understandable. But here's the whole point of that, that once you have faith, then you will begin to work. It's this way, you can write this down, that once I believe, then I begin to behave. And I don't mean that in a behavior of you're doing good or bad. I'm talking about your behaviors as a person. Because I believe in Jesus, I start coming to church. Because I believe in Jesus, I start reading my Bible. Because I believe in Jesus, I start praying. It's not that I pray so that Jesus maybe will one day love me. No, it's because we already have this relationship, it begins to affect my behavior. I just really felt to, to, I don't know why I feel this in this moment, but just to help somebody. When you love someone, when you, when you have a relationship with someone, it begins to change your behaviors. Come on, shout, talking to some of the fellas in here, some of you started taking showers because you like someone. Let's be real. Some of you got a job because you like someone. 
Her daddy said, boy, you don't have a job. You don't got a car. You better go. You better get out of here right now. Come back when you got something. We change our behaviors when we have a relationship with someone. And so because I believe this, now my behaviors change. So this is faith. It's believing the truth, but not only believing the truth, faith is putting the truth to the test. Faith is putting the truth to the test. Because something that hasn't been tested can't be trusted. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get in a car that hasn't been tested before. I don't want to get on an airplane that hasn't been tested before. Let's be honest, I'm a, I'm, I'm a little bit of a big boy. There's some chairs that I gotta test out a little bit before I put my faith in it, if you know what I'm saying. Some of y'all can relate. I, I see you like, amen, brother. That's, that's the best word I got all week. We, our faith is when the truth gets tested. And this is why I don't really have a problem with people that wanna kinda test Christianity or challenge Christianity or challenge what we believe or challenge the Bible. Because here's the thing, if the Bible, if the truth can't be tested, if it can't stand the test, then what are we even doing here? If we're just getting together and just having you know, a couple songs and saying a couple things, if this can't stand the test, then it's not really true. And there's some things that you can disagree with. You can say, well, that's not my truth and that's not what I believe, but it's still the truth. If we go on top of a building and you say, I don't believe in gravity, it don't matter if you believe in gravity or not. When we step off that building, you're about to find out the truth. And that's what happens with our faith. When our faith is tested, we realize what is true. Am I really holding up this shield when the attacks come in my life, when the fiery darts are thrown at me, when, 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 the, when the bad report comes, when the diagnosis comes, when, when, when losing my job comes, when the spiritual warfare comes, when the attack comes, when the attack in my mind comes, our faith is tested, but we can trust it. So our faith is tested. Now, let's, let's talk about this armor for a moment because we're, we, we're talking about faith, but let's talk about this armor. The, the armor of God is not just for show. Like this is kind of what I thought of it when I was, when I was growing up in, in Sunday school. We would have little competitions. I remember one time in Sunday school, uh, we, we, they gave us or, or, or we, we had a, a prize where we got like the little plastic armor where it had the sword and a little helmet and the shield and I, I kind of enjoyed that as a little boy. You know, you watch these movies, you're like, man, that, that's so cool to fight like that or whatever. And, and we kind of think, man, these are, these are real cool to have, but these aren't just things that we put on of, man, I, I need some shiny armor. You know, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the knight in shining armor. I've got, I've, got, I've got all these different pieces that I want to get. It reminds me of maybe you watch these, these movies or you read these books or whatever where these kings, they really had no intention of actually going into battle but they would put on all the armor and it would be all shiny, it would be all decked out. And then you'd have somebody that had armor that was all uh, mangled up and all beaten up and it had you know, different, you, it was, had different things splattered on it and it was all looking nasty. And you're like, okay, one of these is for show and one of these is actually putting it to use. And I think there are a lot of Christians where say, I wanna have the shield of faith. But if you wanna have the shield of faith, it's actually to put to use. Because whether you realize it or not, we are in a battle. 
You don't have to sign up for it. You've already been enlisted in it. There's no sidelines. There's no civilians in this battle. You are on one side or you are on the other. We are in a battle. And the Bible tells us again, and Paul tells us just a few verses earlier in Ephesians, he tells us the reason we need the armor is just a few verses earlier. He says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against people. We're wrestling against powers and principalities and rulers in the air and all these different things. There's a battle going on. Your choice is not, do I want to get in the battle? Your choice is not, do I want to fight or not? The choice is, are you going to put on the provisions? Are you going to put on the armor that God has given you? And are you going to be protected in the battle? It's not about whether I want to fight or not. It matters, do I want to be victorious? Do I want to overcome? Do I actually want to fight back? Or am I just going to live my life letting the enemy hit me, letting the enemy beat me down, letting the enemy tell me how bad I am? And I'm not saying you're not saved because I think we, ha- we get this mixed up a little bit where there's faith for salvation, but then there's faith beyond that. And I, let me just proof text it for you a little bit. Even Jesus, when the disciples are following him, these are the disciples. These are the, the, the believers that are following him that go on to be the apostles. Even he tells them when they get doubtful in a storm, oh, ye of little faith. And then in front of all the disciples later on in the gospels, there's a centurion man who isn't even a Jew who they think really can't even be saved, to be honest. And And Jesus says, this man has more faith than I've found in all of Israel. So what does that tell me? That tells me there are levels to faith. Because if he has more faith, that doesn't, he didn't say he has faith and you don't have faith. He says, y'all have faith, but he has more faith. And I just believe that there are some of you where God has called you to some things. There are some hills that you have been called to take. There's some territory that you've been called to conquer. Even this church, God has called us to conquer a territory to establish the kingdom. And we're gonna need some big faith. We're gonna need some big shields because there's some big attacks coming against us. But are we gonna stand strong? Are we gonna stand firm with the shield of faith? So we gotta have this shield of faith. And then as I was reading through this, it was interesting to me that all of the other pieces of the armor, especially if you read in the King James, the New King James, the ESV, it says having the the breastplate of righteousness, having the belt of truth, having all of the, you, you have it. We know that through Christ, through the blood of Jesus, if you're a believer, you have been imputed. That's a big word, but, but you have received righteousness because of Christ. We, our, our righteousness is of filthy rags, the Bible says. So we have been given righteousness through salvation, through being empowered and filled through the Holy Spirit. So you have it. But it's interesting with the shield of faith, it says to hold up the shield of faith. Another translation says, pick up the shield of faith. Or take up the shield of faith. And so what that tells me is that there are some things that you have, but having the shield of faith is a daily decision. You have to realize, again, it's not about your salvation. It's not about faith in Jesus. It's about standing against the powers and the attacks of the enemy. Are you going to hold up every day? Are you going to decide that I'm going to hold up this shield of faith? It's active It's not passive. Every day you have to decide, will I live by faith? Today, will I live by faith? And again, I want to talk about this whole faith thing because I think some of us get confused. What is faith? We think if we have faith, then everything's going to go good. Everything's going to be easy. 
Show of hands in here, how many of you have been saved more than a week and can testify that just because you're saved doesn't mean life gets easy? Come on, should be 100%. If your life is easy, if it's all easy after getting saved, I would love to talk to you after service. But we think that life is going to be easy, and this is what I realized about a shield. If there's not going to be an attack, why do we need a shield? If Jesus told us that, or if Jesus said that everything's gonna be easy, why would he give us a shield? Jesus actually said this, the opposite. He said, in this world, you will have troubles. Man, what a great message, Pastor Alex. What if we just dismissed right now? By the way, you're gonna have some trouble. You're gonna have some heartache. You're gonna have some sleepless nights. If, if they hated Jesus, if they crucified Jesus, it says that they're gonna hate us. In this world, we will have troubles, but the good news is, is that he said, but take heart for I have overcome the world. That we're not submitted to the rulers of this world. We're not submitted to the principalities of this world. So we will have trouble, but take heart. We can overcome the trouble. We can persevere through the trouble. The attack, the, 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 having faith, let me put it this way. Having faith doesn't prevent the attack. It protects you from the attack. Having faith doesn't prevent the attack. It protects you from the attack. Isaiah chapter four, uh, 54, Isaiah chapter 54 says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against me is going to overtake me. No weapon formed against me is going to take me out. No weapon formed against me is going to take me out spiritually. But here's the thing. It didn't say that there's going to be no weapons. Because that's how I would, I would love to read the scripture where it says, no weapons are ever going to be formed. No attacks are ever going to be conceived. No attacks are ever going to come against you. No, no, that's not what it says. It says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So what we can deduce from that is that <laughs> there's going to be some weapons that are formed against us. There's going to be some fiery darts. He says, in the evil day, the evil day is coming. The fiery darts are coming, but take up the shield of faith so that you will be fully prepared to stop the fiery arrows, to stop the fiery arrows. So when you've pulled up the shield of faith, it's not that you're not going to feel attacked, but you'll be protected from the attack. I was thinking about as Pastor Bobby was explaining how they would hide behind the shield. And I wish I, you know, had the time and the resources to, to get a bunch of shields made and had a big illustration up here. But just imagine that someone's standing behind a shield. You can't see through your shield. The only way you know that you're in a battle is because you can feel the attack coming against your shield. But the faith, the shield, is in between you and the enemy. And so I may not see the enemy. I may not know what's going on. I may not understand why this attack is coming into my life. I may not know where this is coming from. And I may feel it, but as long as I hold fast, as long as I hold tight to this faith, in between me and the attack is faith. In between me and the attack is the power of God. That as long as I hold to this faith, as long as I hold fast, as long as I hold tightly, the attack's not gonna break through. The attack's not gonna overcome me. So the reason you know you're being attacked is you can, you can feel it. 
it's fine to feel it. It's fine to know that you're going through something. It's even fine to admit that you're going through something. I think this is one thing where maybe in the past when we've talked about faith, we've maybe kind of messed some people up where they, where they think that they can never admit that they're going through something bad. It's okay to admit that you're going through something bad, but it's what you are putting your faith in. Are you putting your faith in the thing that's going bad or are you putting your faith in God? Are you saying my problem is big, but my God is bigger? That even though it may be formed against me, I'm not gonna feel, I'm not gonna be overcome by this attack. Because there are things that we're gonna go through, there are things that we're called to do where we're gonna feel some pressure. We're gonna feel some attack, we're gonna feel some heat. But just because you're feeling pressure, just because you're feeling heat, doesn't mean that you're going in the wrong direction. Actually, I've found that the more resistance I feel in life, that actually means I'm going in the right direction. Because if you're not feeling any resistance, that probably means you're going in the same direction as the enemy. Like if you're not feeling any attack coming against you, then maybe you're going with the current of culture. Maybe you're going with the current of all what your friends are doing, what your friends are saying. And if nobody's ever disagreeing with your beliefs, if nobody's ever disagreeing with your morals and your standards, maybe that means you're going in the current with everybody else instead of standing firm against the evil, against the days of evil, and saying, I don't care what the world says. I don't care what media says. I don't care what the schools are saying. I'm going to stand on the word of God. I'm going to stand firm in the evil day. It could be that you are going in the exact direction that you need to be going. I was thinking about shielding and, and, and how different things are shielded. Maybe some of you uh, uh, work with different materials and in different trades where you have shielding around conduit or shielding around different wires and different things like that. But I was thinking about a, a space shuttle. I, I love uh, space. I, I really would have loved to be an astronaut. Even today, if they were like, Alex, do you want to go to space? I would go. I would do whatever it takes. Like, I would love to do that. I'm going to be the first missionary on Mars. Come on, somebody. I'm going to get all the rocks saved. If, the ro if we don't praise them, the rocks are going to cry. You know, okay. So, yeah, that was a bad joke. It's okay. You don't have to laugh. But I was thinking about a spaceship, and I was thinking about when you go to space, it's so nice and easy in space. There's no wind resistance in space. There's no gravity in space. That's why all they need is just a little puff of air and it can send them in a totally different direction because there's no resistance in space. But those astronauts, especially those that have family and friends, which I think is all of them, hopefully, they wanna come back to earth eventually. But when you come back to earth, even with all of our technology and all of the advances in science and, 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 and engineering and mechanical and all these different things, you have to go through what they call the Earth's atmosphere. And, and you can look up videos of this. When they go through the Earth's atmosphere, they go from this smooth, just kind of floating through space, floating through life. Some of you, that's how you feel. You were just kind of floating through life. And then you started going towards Jesus and things started rumbling a little bit. Things started getting a little shaky. The closer that they get to home, the closer that they get to their final destination, the harder things get for them. And they actually have to have a special shielding, a special coating around that capsule because it gets so hot that if they didn't have this special shield, all of the wiring and the mechanics and the people would literally melt and would disintegrate because it gets so hot right before they break through. I, I, that just preached to me all by itself, that right before the breakthrough, it feels shaky, it feels hot, it even feels like everything's gonna 
break apart. You can watch videos on YouTube where the spaceship will start breaking apart. They start wondering, are we going to make it through the atmosphere? Are we going to get through this? But because they have the shield, because they have the coating, they know that they're going to get through. I don't know about you, but I'm going to put more faith in my Jesus than they put in that spaceship. That if that shielding can get them through that, then the shield of faith can get me through any fiery trouble, can get me through any sickness, through any illness, through anything that's going wrong in my life. If I hold up the shield, I'm going to make it through. Doesn't mean it's not going to be rocky. Doesn't mean it's not going to be scary. Doesn't mean that it's not even that I may have doubts some days. But even though I may have some doubts, I'm going to hold up that shield. I'm going to keep moving forward. I want to share just kind of one closing kind of, kind of story with you as we get ready to close. Worship team, y'all can come from Numbers chapter 13, verse 27 through 33. And be familiar with many of you. This is the story of the 12 tribes of Israel going in and spying out the promised land or what, what they called Canaan. And if you're not familiar with the story, the children of Israel had, had a promise from God. But because they disobeyed God, because they worshiped idols, they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. And finally, God told them, I'm giving you permission to go in and take the promised land. It's yours. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. There's resources. It's going to be amazing. So they send in these 12 spies, and this is the report that they bring back to the rest of the children of Israel. They told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. They brought some back some of the fruit. It was giant. It was, it was amazing. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. That's the giants like Goliath. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of resistance. There's a lot of warfare. God, you, you promised me. You promised me this, this land. You, you, you promised me that, I, that you, you promised Abraham that anywhere your foot touches, I give you. That your descendants are going to be as great as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. You promised it to our, our grandfather. God, you gave us these promises. But when we went and we looked at the promises, the promises look hard. The promises look scary. Yes, there's, there's milk and there's honey and there's sustenance and all these things, but... There's all these Hittites and Jebusites and Amorites and Canaanites. Then Caleb. We've got a couple Calebs around here, if you haven't noticed. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, I want you to notice, and I was talking with some of our pastors earlier, he didn't try to discredit what they said. He didn't say, man, I didn't see any Jebusites. I didn't see any Canaanites. No, he didn't try to discredit the problems. He didn't try to discredit or diminish the enemy. 
people that just, man, I'm not, I'm not scared of Satan. I'm, I'm not scared of the world. I, 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 I got all this handled. Well, how's that working for you? I, I'm not going to diminish that there is a reality. Come on, even though we can't see it in the natural, the spiritual world is just as real, if not more real, than the natural world that we live in. I'm not denying the reality that there's some attacks on the horizon, that there's some hard work on the horizon. But I'm going to speak and I'm going to say, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him says, we are not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we. Now, I don't have time to preach this, but notice how they were focused on their own strength. Anytime you're focused on your strength, let me tell you from personal experience, yes, you are going to be a failure. Whenever you say, well, I don't know how I'm going to figure this out, guess what? You're probably not going to figure it out. Or if you do try to figure it out, it's probably going to make things worse. Man, I don't know, how, how am I going to figure out to, how, how, to, how to be a husband? How am I going to figure out how to be a, a father? How, how am I gonna, you're not going to figure it out outside of God. They're focusing on their own strength. They are stronger than we. Yeah, you're right. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we in their sight. I think these people had faith at one time. They had faith when they received the promise. They had faith when God gave it to Abraham. They had, I've heard the stories. I've, I've heard great grandma talk about what God's gonna do. I, 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 I've heard about my mom and dad. I've heard the stories. I believed, I grew up going to church. I grew up in youth group. I, 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 I believed that they had the faith until they saw how big the problems were. And that's where we fall into this trap of are we gonna pick up that shield of faith and say no matter how big the problem is, no matter how big the army is, no matter how big the attack is, no matter how hard it gets in my life, am I gonna continue to hold the faith? Am I gonna continue to hold to the word of God? Am I gonna continue to believe what it says and act like it? Are we gonna hold the faith? See, I think there are some people that have faith, they had faith, but they don't hold the faith. When the going gets tough, they don't hold the line. Come on, maybe you've seen these movies before where there's a battle on the horizon. Maybe it's a small group of warriors. There's only maybe a, 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 a tenth or a twentieth and they're outnumbered and they're outgunned and the other army has more soldiers and they've got better artillery and, and you'll have somebody that's standing in the crowd and maybe they're letting out a battle cry and you'll just, you'll just hear them say, hold, hold, hold the line, hold the line. Come on, they're, 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 they're being pressed against. They're, they're, there's warriors butting up against them. And just like Pastor Bobby said, they're being tempted to take a step back. God, I believe that you're going to save my marriage. God, I believe that you're going to save my children. God, I believe that you're going to heal me. But the attack is so strong. 
the attack is coming against me so hard. I, I want to step back. I want to give in to temptation. I want to go back to the alcohol. I want to go back to the weed. I want to go back to the pornography. I want to step back. And if God put anything inside of me tonight, it's just to tell somebody, hold the line. Hold the faith. Stand firm in your faith. Pastor, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to pray anymore. I don't know what to say anymore. We have some friends that are going through an unimaginable situation right now in the hospital. And I don't even know what to say. But if I was with them right now, I would just say, can you just hold? Just dig in your feet. Just pray another prayer. Listen to another worship song. Quote another scripture. Hold on to the faith. Because here's the thing. The bigger the hit, the, har the harder you have to hold. The bigger the hit the tighter you have to hold that I'm not going to give in to the temptations of this world. I'm not going to let the enemy have my children. I'm not going to let the enemy have my mind. I'm not going to give in to anxiety and fear and worry. I may feel like I'm being hit, but as long as I hold the faith, come on somebody, it's not my power. It's not by my might, but by his word, says the Lord. His word says that we can overcome. His word says we can possess the land. Come on, I just need some faith to rise in this place. Is there anybody that God's told you that you're going to possess the land? Come on, let's have our prayer partners. We're going to minister. We got time. Nobody leaving yet. Have our prayer partners come forward. But come on, some of you, God has given you a promise that you're going to possess the land. And you got turned down by the bank. They said, we'll never give you that loan. You got turned down by the adoption agency. God's called you to be a foster parent. God's called you to be an adoptive parent. It's been put on your heart to help those who no one else wants to help. And they said, you can never do that. Look at your record. Look at where you come from. And you just got to say, I'm going to hold the line because God said that I've been called to possess the land. I've been called to possess. And I don't care what giant comes against me. I don't care about the Hittite or the Jebusite. I don't care about the Facebook I. I don't care about my coworker I. I don't care about my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. I don't care about the person that I used to be with, what they're saying about me. I don't care. I'm going to possess the land. I'm going to possess the land. Come on, just stir up faith in this place. Come on, if you're filled with the Spirit, if you've been baptized in the Spirit, begin to lift your voice right now. Come on, just like we talked about where people, the soldiers would stand together with the shield. There's people in this room where their shield's been broken. They've put down their shield, and they need you to begin to stand in the gap for them. They need you to begin to intercede for them. They need you to begin to use your faith to cover their brokenness, to cover their weakness. Come on, we all stumble. We all fall. But when I rise, when I stand back up, oh, I just felt that in my spirit for somebody. Come on, we all fall. We all stumble. But you, just, somebody just needs to tell the devil right now. You're like, I'm going to sound crazy. Guess what? You already look crazy. You're at church on a Wednesday night. You got a white dude up here screaming at you in a microphone. You already look crazy. You might as well go all out. Some of you better tell the devil, just wait till I stand back up. Just wait till I come in and possess the territory. Just wait till I get my shield back up. Just wait till I get my sword out. 
Oh, you thought you had me, enemy. Come on, I love the song. The devil thought he had me, but hell lost another one. Come on, some of you just need to thank God that you're not where you used to be. Maybe you're not where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. Come on, these altars are open. These altars are open. I don't feel to let go yet. Come on, let's worship. Let's worship. This is how I fight my battles. 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 I wasn't planning to share this. I wasn't planning to share this. It's honestly a little embarrassing. It's a little vulnerable, but you're my church family. I'm gonna just be honest with you on Friday before I went to work, I think it was Thursday or Friday. You have to ask my wife. Thursday or Friday when I woke up in the morning, the spirit of death hit me so hard. And the spirit of death came into my mind and said, you're gonna die on the way to work today. I kissed my wife and I kissed my boys because I thought I was gonna die. The spirit came against me and began to attack me. But I said, I got to lift up the shield of faith. Even though I don't feel like it, even though I don't want to do it, I feel like this is real. I feel like this is really going to happen. But I began to stand on the word of God. And I said, no, the Bible says that I will live and not die. God, you put promises in my heart and I haven't seen them yet. And if I haven't seen them yet, you're not done with me yet. And so I just want to speak over somebody in this place that you feel like the enemy is going to overcome you. You feel like it's too much to handle. God says if you would just lift up the shield, I will be your strength. I will be your comforter. I will be your sword and your shield. The Bible says that the Lord is my strength. He's my strong tower. Those who run in and find strength. So come on, just one more time. Let's lift our hands in this place. And I want to break that off of your mind. Every one of you that feel like God is done with you. Every one of you that feel like it's going to overcome you. This battle is too much for me. I break it now in the name of Jesus. I break off every attack of the enemy. Every lie of the enemy. Every weapon of the enemy. We proclaim that even though it may be formed. Even though it may seem like it's right in front of you. The weapons that are formed shall not 
prosper. Come on, say it with me. Declare it with me. It shall not prosper. It shall not prosper, says the Lord. Give the Lord a shout of praise in this place. Come on, let's leave with some faith. This is how I fight my battles. Come on. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.